a major sponsor, Holman Barnes Group. They'll be at the West Tigers game at Accor Stadium for round six on Monday, uh, April 10. Obviously, this Monday coming, uh, Holman Barnes Group, they'll be issuing free one-year memberships memberships to all West Tigers fans on game day with your chance to win dining vouchers, West Tigers merchandise, and exclusive West Tigers signed jersey, as it says on the graphic there. Uh, that's the major prize. Holman Barnes Group bringing people together. And welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Barnett. We are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, including West Ashfield Leagues. As I just said, they will be at the game handing out free memberships uh, on uh, Monday. And also, yeah, if you're not heading to a core stadium, the best place to watch the game uh, on Monday at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow on the socials. And if you want to support and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. And to the guys, uh, chuck your questions in there. We'll get to those later in the show. And if you're on YouTube, uh, shouts everyone tuning in. I can't believe, guys, how people tune in week after week. This team, the amount of torture they put put, put us through and they our listeners just keep coming back week after week. We really appreciate all of you. Please like it and subscribe. Tell your friends. Um, who said someone said, called it therapy again? Someone in the comments. Who was it? Mon- uh, Murray. Shout out to Murray. Monday Night Therapy is about to start. So uh, we're all in it together, this, uh, this shit show that is the West Tigers at the moment. But uh, one man that uh, isn't a shit show is Mr. Bashara, coming from the Red Room in the inner west of Sydney. How are you? Uh, how far past the game are we? What are we, 48 hours gone? Rob, how are you feeling? Uh, g'day, Josh. G'day, Aaron. Hello, everyone out there. Uh, look, I'm. I, it's just a struggle to do this every Monday and Wednesday now. I've got to literally psych myself up. I've, I've just been feeling like rubbish all day today. was okay watching the game because I had. I, I wasn't under any illusions as to what the result was going to be and how it was going to pan out. Um, but yeah, I got a little bit angry yesterday and that kind of accelerated today and yeah, I'm just feeling really, really down and feeling hopeless about the plight of the club. It's not just, it's just not the losing. It's not even losing later in the year. It's just, we'll get into it later, but there's, there's some real problems there that we might've dug ourselves into a really deep hole and and won't get out of, you know, at least two or three years. And also this week, coming in from the inner, inner west, I guess we're, count, we're pretty much inner west, I guess, in a, in a, out of inner west as, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't want to say the Parramatta, we're technically the Parramatta area, but that, this especially this week, we can't, we shouldn't really say that, but uh, we're in en- kind of in enemy territory, you and I. But uh, anyway, how's how's Sydney life? Are you, are you a more angry, stressed person yet, or are you, are you still still country man at heart? <laughs> g'day Josh, g'day Rob, g'day everyone listening Yeah, I'd say stressed is probably the way to describe it right <laughs> now uh, Not so much because of the team But just because of the move and everything else I've got going on surrounding that A uh, bit of a tumultuous time for me I, Like I had work on Saturday That was my final shift back in Orange um, And then I moved that afternoon It was a bit tricky to actually go and move that night Given the whole situation, but yeah, I did, did the best I could. Um, I was hoping the team would give me a little bit more of a reason to smile, uh, but I didn't expect we'd mm. get belted by 30 plus. Yeah, I obviously flew up for the game. Uh, I flew up Friday night. 
one hour delay. Thanks, Jetstar. It's a Jetstar flight. What else to expect? But that's okay. Made my way up there. Uh, stayed with my sister who lives in Brisbane now. Headed to the game. Hopped on a train from, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Brisbane. And the train pulls up. Just, train's just packed of Brisbane Broncos fan. There's one other Tigers fan. The whole pack carriage. Uh, so in enemy territory, which I didn't mind pre-game. Still a little bit of hope. No one didn't um, didn't get a beer, any forex thrown at me or anything just yet. And then walking from the station to the game, it's pretty very cool. Suncorp. Uh, this is all pre-game when the the hopes were still still there. And walking in, it's a very open air sort of stadium. I don't know if you guys have been there before, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I quite I quite liked it until the Broncos started. They started playing that. Um, da, 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 a song. I don't know, I forget, forget what it's called, but every time they score a try, they play this same song. And my God, after eight times, I'd never want to hear that song again. But um, look, and then Caxton Street for some beers after. It is very cool. I hate the Broncos, but it is a very, I am very envious of the setup uh, and how they got the whole town behind the, uh, behind the game up there. But um, on the field, yeah. Uh, yeah, shouts uh, to a couple of people. Uh, Hannah, sat next to Hannah, got it, gave her my spare ticket. Um, so, yeah, shouts to everyone that I did have a chat to up there as well, fellow depressed Tigers fans. But at least they get to live in sunny Queensland, I guess. Uh, righto. So on to uh, not Sheensy's presser. I didn't get clips for that. So the whole... Our mate Justin Pasco, he he hasn't had a good uh, forty eight hours, has he, Rob? He's uh, popped up in the media. This time it wasn't wasn't our fault. We didn't say anything. He's he was spotted on the field kicking a football uh, in a polo shirt, and then at halftime spotted by uh, some media members. He was on his phone while Sheensy was trying to address the team, but. We've got a few clips I'm going to play. James Graham going absolutely ham and then a bit of stuff with uh, NRL on, what is it called? NRL 360 with um, Kenty and Buzz and Dan Ganane. Who's the other guy that's on there? Uh, uh, Peter Bedell. Thank Peter you, Peter Bedell. Um, before we get to those, Rob, what what were your thoughts when you first saw the, uh, the shirt? To be honest... I didn't over. I thought, oh my god, he's serious. That was kind of my reaction. I was more just depressed about the game. But um, look, it's not a good look, is it? No, it's not a good look. But I mean, honestly, the first thought when I saw the picture was, you know, what a wanker. Like seriously, <laughs> like I just didn't know. What, like it was, it didn't upset me. I just thought, you idiot. You know, like like what are you doing? And and you know, look, people are going to say. It's got nothing to do with how he runs the club, but nothing to do with our performance on the field. When we get into all this stuff after you show the clips and everything, Josh, I want to break down what I think the problems are and, and why we okay. blame why we blame management, et cetera, et cetera. But um, look, he he doesn't have a way of acting like a CEO when he needs to act like a CEO. And it's not just an isolated incident. So you've mentioned the dressing room where he's on the phone. We don't know what that's about, but obviously... I'm not saying he did this, but you're not allowed to have phones in the dressing room in case you're contacting a bookmaker or having a bet or whatever. So there's rules in place for that. Whether they apply to the CEO, I don't know. So that's two incidents just on one night. You go back last year, he was spotted on the red carpet the night Madge was sacked. 
while Tim Sheens was fielding questions at about 7 o'clock on NRL 360. This bloke was walking down the red carpet with his missus. Again, I think it's just poor tact, poor timing. When we lost our first five games, he was, you know, up in the Northern Territory having a holiday, you know, like instead of sort of, you know, being with the team and like, you know, we're a club in crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So I just think this guy doesn't read the room and, and it's to his detriment, but he's just a very relaxed person, relaxed character. Nothing phases him too much. And I just don't think he cares. I mean, he probably does care, but he doesn't show it emotionally. And mm. he's just, he, he's just, look, I mean, the thing I'd throw at you, someone mentioned it to me today, guys, and I'll, I'll put you on the spot. Do not look up on your computers anything. I'll actually give you guys a prize if you can answer this question correctly, either of you. Can either of you blokes name me three other CEOs? I can't name one. Uh, For another Dow- club. And Peter, any of the other 16. Name Peter, Douse, Peter Douse isn't at Dragons anymore, is he? No. That's I remember the Oust Doust. They were kind of us a few years ago with the Oust yeah, Doust. Can, can you name three? Can you name one? But everyone uh, knows Justin Pascoe. That's that's the point. Everyone knows Justin Pascoe. That's embarrassing. You know, he's, yeah. he's, got his, he's got his own podcast, Ask the Boss. Mm. He's just, you know, everyone knows him. And, and our... our you know, CEO and our chairman are always in the spotlight. I mean, I guess from Hadja Pentelis's point of view, he's got to do that because he's promoting Brydon's, but he doesn't really have to. But he's just always out there talking, you know, says stupid things like we lost our first two games and, well, if our attack was a bit better and we scored a few more points, we would have won the game. Well, thanks, Sherlock. You know what I mean? Like, just comes out with these stupidly simple statements that, are just embarrassing for a chairman to say, let alone this bloke, you know, that, that photo you've got of him with the fingers or whatever, that's two days after we got the wooden spoon. Like, and everyone will say, leave him alone. He was letting his hair down. It's a bit like an end-of-season party or whatever. No, were we were we doing that two days after we got the spoon? We were at home thinking, how the hell are we going to turn this around? And this bloke just doesn't give a stuff, mate. And, and that represents our club, and that goes from top to bottom. And people that say they don't catch balls, they don't do this, they don't do that on the field, trust me, it has an influence. It really does. And we will show later why these guys are having an influence on what's going on on the field because they selected the coach. They selected the coaching structure. And the coach is failing because he's got a decent enough squad not to be zero and five. But I'm sure with all your clips, we'll get to touch on that later. Yeah, it's quite a few. So this one is uh, the Triple M show with Jimmy Graham talking about the Pasco uh, photo incident. Pasco buzz. Uh, yeah. That photo, that's another photo of him uh, on his phone. On his yeah. phone while... Sorry, this is NRL 360 tonight talking about it. Tim Sheens is speaking. It was the one before the game in his jogger pants sure. and polo shirt. Talking about putting out the cones. I I, I want to start off by saying this. Who let Jackson Hastings... It's a club buzz. It doesn't matter. No, no, the coach coach hires and fires. Yeah, they did that to accommodate Bateman. Who kept Luke Brooks? Yeah. Who is responsible for the team's attack, the worst in the league? Is it the CEOs, really? Now... I'm not here to protect Justin. You are at the moment. Now, what I want to say, I think that photo that he allowed to be taken of him on the football field in a tight muscle polo shirt and joggers was ridiculous. (laughs) It was. He he shouldn't have been out in the football field. But what I'm saying is it his fault that Ivan Cleary left the club because he wanted to coach his son. 
Is it his fault that Appy Corusau was appointed captain this year and he's not doing mm. a very good job of it? Do you blame the CEO? Buzz. Do you blame the board? Maybe we should what blame I... you for putting shoes no, in. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> what I blame the board and Justin Pascoe is lack of due diligence in hiring Tim Sheens to do this job and not looking closer at his record. You're at the lunch where... No, but... Well, Kenny, seriously, I'll, but I will correct you. I asked Tim Sheens at that lunch, would you be interested? Yeah. Three weeks before the lunch, I rang Lee Hadjapentalis and I said there's only one guy who should coach the West Tigers at Shane Flanagan. Mm. I rang Simon Cook, a director, and told him the same. They ignored me. Yeah. So at lunch, I said to... Just ask the question. It was not my idea. Right. Buzz, well, I'll, I'll say... Can I, sorry, Kenny, I'll say this, Buzz. There are two problems in my eyes at the Tigers. I know there's multifaceted issues, but the two, the two pronged ones for me, one's Justin Pascoe, the other one's the Luke Brooks deal, which I'll get to in a second, but Pascoe should be sacked by the board, and I'll tell you why. In 2019, they were guilty of a cap breach. He was stood down for six months by the NRL. They were fined $750,000 on Justin Pascoe's watch. Mm. As a result of that, the next year they had $639,000 taken out of their salary cap. Now, that's a big chunk out of your salary cap when you're trying to rebuild a club that's in the mess that they're in at the moment. At the same time, they extended Luke Brooks to a $1 million contract. Now, to me, it's one of the worst deals we've seen. He hasn't delivered. But again, delivered, Peter, you can't blame the CEO for a $1 million Buzz, contract. He, he presides well, He's that. in there. Don't, look, look I'm, not, I'm not saying he's They're the club that or... when Tedesco was at the club and he was about to leave, they will saying, don't worry about it, we were a chance of signing Michael Gordon. Now, that last little bit is Rob is, of course, who first said that. It was Tripper on our show. But, well, dear, um, I, asked, I asked Tripper to say that story and Tripper threw it to me. And that and that mm. was a story where Justin said to, to me and to Tripper, we can get Michael Gordon for roughly 25% of the price of what we paid pay Teddy. Wouldn't that be a good deal? And look, I mean, most of it, look, I've got to be honest, most of what, Buzz Rothfield said, I hate to say it, is true, but he's isolated certain incidents. So, I don't know, have you got Dane Danganane's list of players that he mentions clipped out I, I, did, I, I didn't clip that part. Okay, Sorry, so, but yeah, so, but we, so all Buzz, know, we all know him. We all okay, know him. so Buzz, Buzz doesn't go into the fact that we had an interim coach when we signed Josh Reynolds for three years on $4 million that hardly played first grade for the first two years of that contract. He doesn't go into detail about Chris McQueen being on $1.4 million for three years, who started in about 10 first grade games over three years. Like, there's a lot of things we can, you know, blame Justin for. Also, with what Peter uh, Bedell said there, yeah, he got a six-month suspension, but I think the suspension was halved. So it might have only turned into three months. But it's it's basically, he's right. If, you know, the attacking coach is letting us down or whatever, but who employed the attacking coach who employed the coach and and it comes back to management they're the ones that saw fit about hiring tim sheens and and how they structured it and you have to blame you have to blame the coaches right now for what's going on josh you know we've got if you go through our team and i don't know everyone perfectly but i can tell you now that we all know appy's a state of origin hooker we know Papali is a is he playing for new zealand is that his country new zealand second rower we know yeah. Bateman's an, an English second rower. We know Joe Offengawi played Origin two or three years ago for Queensland. We know Stefano was in the emerging New South Wales and, and was, you know, in that extended squad for some experience. We've got Twally, who's got the highest tackle efficiency rate in the league. There's enough there to be winning games. 
So it comes down to the coach. It's it's the coach's problem as to why we're losing. But as he correctly said, what due diligence did they do? Did they even do a due diligence with the, our own club? Did they actually go back, Josh, and say, why did we get rid of Sheens at the end of 2012? What was the problem with Sheensy? Why did we get rid of him then? Not to mention what he's done at Hull Kingston Rovers and Widness and getting kicked out there. What did they do? And then, and the best part about what I liked about 360 today, they didn't throw Robbie and Benji under the bunch, uh, under the bus, which was great. Okay, they never mentioned one word about them. And like I said last week, take out the legendary status they've got. If you hired two blokes with no coaching experience, you'd be laughed at. Look at all the other coaches in the league, all the other great coaches. You know, mm. Craig Bellamy, he, he won a President's Cup for Canberra in 1995. He was assistant mm. to Wayne Bennett for years. He didn't get his first gig till Melbourne in 2003. Trent Robinson's, even now, Andrew Webster, he was with us. We let him go. How many yeah. years did he do with us and with Penrith? Todd Payton wanted our job. Our, our front office can't recognise talent. We had coaches there. They let them slip through their grasp. They do not understand how it works. Every good coach has to serve an apprenticeship. And we've given Benji the keys after two years under a bloke that's been failing. Like, there's nothing wrong with giving it to Benji. And we don't know what he's going to be like as a head coach on his own. But he's done no apprenticeship. Every other bloke touted for a, a, an upcoming job, like a Jason Riles or a Dean Young or a Ben Hornby whatever they're, they're doing apprenticeships and and they they go back into the system before they get a job our board are hopeless they are just plain hopeless i'm not swearing again tonight okay like that's a, a another bet i've got going with a mate of mine i'm not going to swear <laughs> but it's frustrating josh our yeah. problem is up the top so yeah what's why are we losing now we've got players with no confidence because our coach is not getting it right but why is the coach there of course, Lee Hadjapantelis sought him back from England to, to be head of football. And when we finally got our cap in a good space, we've done great signings. But even Tim Sheens has identified Jack ha Jackson Hastings as a lock. Jackson Hastings should have been with us. We shouldn't have lost him. And we've said that before. All the other signings are great, but we should have kept Jackson Hastings. Everyone will say, yeah, but we wouldn't have got John Bateman. John Bateman didn't start playing till round three. Okay, we probably would have won our first two games if Jackson was there. So so Tim Sheen's failure to identify who was the best game manager at our club is why we're in this position too. So Rothfield's right in one sense. Yeah, he's not the coach and he's not kicking balls or making the tackles or, or got a bad attack, but they're the guys that employed the coaches. And we've said it many times before, Josh. How many times can you keep hiring the wrong bloke and washing your hands of it? And just one final thing, because I'm talking too much. <laughs> Justin Pascoe keeps saying he takes he takes accountability. How do you take accountability and still have your job? What's taking accountability mean to this bloke? Oh yeah, it's my mistake. And then and then the quote that I've thrown all over Twitter. I've, I'm I'm so head screwed right now. I don't even remember it. But some people are going to be upset with some of the decisions we make, and we're not going to apologise for any of them. That shows that you're not ever going to be accountable for anything. So, you know, why am I upset? Like, why are we all upset? We're upset because we're in a bigger hole than we were last year, and I never, ever envisaged we could be. I never, ever thought, and I don't know, I actually don't know the way out now, and that's what gets me down and just makes me feel, you know what, let's just not take this footy seriously. Let's not even watch it live anymore. 
And, and you know, I've made a vow. I'm not watching Easter Monday. I, I don't know how I'm going to do a podcast next week without watching the game, but I'm not watching. I, I know it. We, should be, we should be $30 to win every week. We are an absolute disgrace, okay? And I feel sorry for the players. The players just look absolutely shell-shocked. And, and, and their confidence is, is absolutely sapped. Why? Because we've got a coach that's out of touch and past his use-by date, and he doesn't have the structure around him to know what to do. And, you know, we'll know by the team selections tomorrow, Josh, it'll probably be the same stuff with the exception of Brent Naden coming in just because he's back and healthy and fit again. All right, a little bit more buzz. So I'll let you take a breath there, Rob. A bit more buzz. Sorry, and you'll, guys. Probably, you'll probably, no, you, this will probably fire you up as well. So a bit more buzz from uh, NRL 360 tonight. He has taken ownership of it today and he says, look, but what the does that mean? Me. You said yeah. that. It was a great interview you did with him and yeah. he says, I take ownership. But what does that, it, they're nice words, but what does that actually mean? I don't mean? know what it means. I know they're a club that's an absolute mess at the moment. And if you're expecting an Easter miracle, can't eat. I don't think you're going to get one the on Monday. Problem is, the problem is we heard all summer about how they've revamped their attack. After mm. two weeks, the chairman comes on and says, if we'd scored, if we'd attacked better, we would have won both games. Then he comes on a week later and he says, we're a new team, give us time. New team? Well, you're 0-3, the Dolphins, who legitimately mm. are a new team, are 3-0. So that's, that's just all. Like, the problem with the Tigers is... People there that just don't know what they don't know. And that sounds cute, right? But they don't know. They don't know what a winning club looks like. They don't know what a... Sheens is the only one that does, right? But... Long time ago, Canty. Yes, a long time ago. It's as it's pretty easy to see that, uh, yeah, that Buzz, Buzz is pro-Pasco and uh, I suppose they're anti-Pasco. Uh, and, mm. yeah, Canty is... Uh, yeah, not in that discussion. We've, we've known we've known from the beginning that some of the media guys are in Pasco's back pocket, just like um, some of, most of the media are in Ricky Stewart's back pocket. There are just some uh, presenters or news makers out there who are just going to not lay into Pasco the way we want them to or the way we hope they would because they're their mates behind the scenes or something it's it's absolutely ridiculous and uh, i this isn't obviously a raiders podcast but I'll, I'll mention um when they after that segment about the tiger well actually no first of all i'm gonna go backwards a bit in the first two minutes of the show or maybe in the first like 90 seconds they're not even talking about the tigers but they mentioned the tigers twice they mentioned the club by name twice um then they have that full segment where they're they're talking about us and then they move on to talking about canberra and instead of blaming um, Ricky Stewart or his poor coaching or whatever else might be the issue over at that club um, for their belting that they copped from Penrith on the weekend, they're blaming Canberra's conditions. There are like there are some people in the NRL community, um, whatever roles they're in, who are just immune to criticism from any of these big wigs mm. in the media because they're mates. A big thing is the relationship that they have with Pasco and Lee is they feed information to them because their bread and butter is information and making stories. That's the job of a journalist. So the whole thing about being a journalist is you don't want to lose that well of information that you're getting that creates stories. So that's kind of just scratching their back. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine 
sort of thing. That's a relationship Pasco and Lee have with the media. So the ones that are coming out and being critical of them don't have that relationship with him. So, um, yeah, there's always agendas in the media. So uh, anything to add on Buzz before we get on to the old mate James Graham here, Rob? Look, just just on management in general, Josh, and I said it last week on Twitter, every time we don't get our first option, we look in the rearview mirror. We go backwards. We, we don't seem to have a plan B or a plan C. So if you go back to the end of 20, 2021, we tried to get Cameron Serraldo. We went all out for Cameron Serraldo. We couldn't get him. We said to Madge, you've got a stay of execution. Six months later, we're all after Serraldo again. We went all in there, and then we, we couldn't get Serraldo. We had no plan B. There are other coaches around. To actually appoint Tim Sheens was an embarrassment, and to hide behind two legends of the club the way they have, because by appointing Sheens for two years and then Benji for three years, they've basically washed their hands of the matter. Now, in theory, it's actually a really good thing to say, coaches, you guys run the show, and I'm referring here to Sheens, if they know what they're doing. But obviously, it's clear to see Sheens is well past it. I mean, he's he's got the runs in the late 80s and early 90s, but he hasn't done much for 30 years, guys. So I, I think we're, we're stuck with him now. I don't know what the exit strategy is. I don't know if they feign an illness for him or something and sack him and promote Benji straight away. I mean, we have got an assistant coach in uh, David Ferner who's got some head coaching experience at NRL level, which is something. But other than that, guys, the, the coaching cabinet's pretty thin and it's unfair on the legends of the club to be in this situation because it can only come out looking terrible. Like, if this doesn't work, then it's going to be a stain on Benji. It's going to be a stain on Robbie and it's unwarranted and it's unfair. Right, so here's some clips from the Triple M Sunday with Jimmy Graham, James Hooper, and uh, Dobbo, and who was the other person? Gordy, Gordon Tallis. So um, they're touching on this whole Pasco fiasco as well. It's a little bit of a protected species society at the top level of the club, the decision makers on the board. There's no way that fans or members can get any sort of voice with them. Spare me with that Ask the Boss podcast gibberish. Well, I don't, I don't How, know, why I don't know any other podcast. CEO who does that. No. But well, well, Gordy, to your, to your point, yeah, they, they landed some, some bigger name players. But let's not forget on all the ones that they've missed out on when they've thrown the kitchen sink at them. Like they've offered overs for people like Latrell Mitchell. And, you know, that that was half of the reason why Sheens came back in, because he could. It was like, we're going to leave the CEO out of the negotiation. That first meeting when you go to a club, like the rumours around... Is that the well, CEO sorry. or is that the organisation? Well, it's, a, it's, well, it's, it's a bit the organisation, but you've got to have a good salesperson in there to sell the vision of the club. And you've got to have a product to sell. From, no, 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 no. You've got to have a product to sell. Yeah, you've got to have a product to sell. And what but, are they trying to sell? Well, yeah, you that that that's you mean like put a, a good, Moses, well, right, a was good big salesman. Money. A good salesman can you know sell ice to the Eskimos, but he obviously some good points there by Jimmy Graham. Obviously, being an experienced player, Rob, um, he knows what he's talking about there. And a lot of people look. I'll admit, I was 
one of the people that are saying still that Pascoe's put us in a good financial position and that sort of thing. So he is doing a good job. But as we've come to learn over the last, what, couple of years at least, yeah, just the, the negotiations, he's in on – he is part of what the football – the stuff that's happened in terms of football uh, and you can't deny it. It's a fact we've we've had – guests come on the show and you can't deny that that these the football poor football decisions that have happened have come through him we we can't lose that stench or stigma having the same people there josh and and they they were another couple of examples of looking in the rearview mirror don't get me wrong i'd have tedesco and moses at our club tomorrow but again it's going back into the past it's going back to fix up a mistake we let go of tedesco by prioritizing the signing of moses suli by Justin Pascoe, that's how we lost Tedesco, okay? He basically said, Moses Suley, you're more important than Ju- and then, than um, James Tedesco. So we lost Tedesco, we try and get him back. We lost Moses, we try and get him back. We lost Farrow, we got him back. We lost Marshall, we got him back. We're just going through this revolving door, guys. It's just a revolving door. They they don't understand how it looks from the outside. And they, they think, and I'm not just referring to the chairman and the CEO, I'm talking about that the, the pop gun board as well, the ones that sit there and let these blokes make the mistakes and just sit comfortably in their jobs, not wanting to upset the apple cart. They just don't know what it is like looking from the outside in. They all think they're doing a wonderful job. They pat each other on the back and we're 0-5 again, two years in a row. And it's not just the 0-5, it's just, it's just knowing what's coming. It's just like there's no hope going forward we we know what the team's going to look like tomorrow we know who they're going to stick with we know they're playing musical positions again it's just the same old stuff guys it's just i, I just don't see a way out of it um I was talking to another friend today i basically said you know we might beat, beat the dolphins if they're missing five or six players or you catch St george on a on a powder puff day of, of one of theirs like they had against cronulla last weekend um you know you might be a chance but where do we get a win from, guys? It's it's really, really bad. We've won one of our, our last 19 now, and as a club, we've lost nine in a row. Yeah, we'll get to the football, and we'll get to Sheen. We will go back to – I have got Sheenzy's press conference stuff, so we will talk about the game itself just a little bit more. There's so much good stuff from James Graham, so here's a little bit little bit more uh, from him. You just don't need it. You've, just, you've got to have the self-awareness. If you're in a position like the CEO – it's how you dress that is important. And also, if you're the person that's in charge, like you, you, the CEO generally would make decisions, you should be there observing. You should be observing what people are doing. And if you are in the changing room at halftime, observe and listen. Get off your phone yeah. and observe and listen to what Tim Sheens is, is saying. And you might actually learn something. Because if you've got to go back to your owners... And make a decision on Tim Sheens. How's he? How is he in the dressing room? I don't know. I was looking at my socials. If you are, it, it should he even be in the first, be in there in the first place. No, no. But then if he is there, he's got. And sometimes you see, you know, the the, the figureheads of of the organisation post game. Observe. Don't flick through your phone. That that can wait. That can wait. He should be observing and, and seeing what Tim Sheens is up to. Is he saying the right things? Are the pe- are the people in the room the right people to be in the room? I I I don't get why he's there. I don't get why he's on his phone. I've been saying for the past eighteen months, this bloke is a complete paddle pop lion and a complete pretender as a CEO. If you go back to when 
he began in that position eight years ago. The Tigers have got progressively worse under his watch. Now, he'll argue that he helped build the centre of excellence. Plenty of people would say, well, at the moment, you'd call that the centre of mediocrity because it certainly hasn't done anything to transform results around. They have got a barbershop in the centre of excellence. Wow. So that's that's really helping them out um, in terms of results on the field at this point in time. You can't blame him for last night's no, result. No, no, no. But, but you can, and these blokes both know because they've been part of, of football clubs that have been super successful, that's not the image that you can have. We shouldn't be talking about boss. a CEO. Well, we shouldn't, the CEO should be not even mentioned. But didn't he go get... A bad look. <laughs> Shocking it's look. such a bad look that you just don't need. He should be the. He should be professional. Like... The, the being on your phone in the dressing room, oh. it, it, like it, it's like a disinterest. Yeah, it's a disinterest in focusing on what's important. It, it, it like as a player, what you see that you know the the most powerful man of the organisation is just on his phone. Like it's so casual. It's, it's just too. It's but he's like, not delivering the message. No, I know he's not good, but he's he's, he's part of the, the environment. And the, the envi- we, we don't realise how much we respond to the environment and it's subconscious most of the time. You see the CEO just casually on his phone. Well, like, what? what? He's not in... We're, we're 26 nil down. As a few jokes made by Hooper in there, it's, uh, it's going to be on embarrassing. Like, obviously, wins change all this, but, um, yeah, just literally the jokes just keep on coming. About this club, yeah, embarrassing is an understatement at this point. We are we are a joke of the club. We all know it. I um, mentioned after the game on Twitter on Saturday night that we get to put up with another week of just being a meme or a joke of the club, and it's ridiculous. We as fans don't deserve it. The players don't deserve to be put through it, and it all comes back down to basically the two people at the top of the club: the CEO and the and the um, the board chairperson who walks around with a friggin' fedora on his head everywhere he goes. Rob, anything before we move on to uh, Sheenzy and the game itself, anything else to add there? I feel like a paddle pop now. Look, I think I think there's a couple of key things there. Like Jimmy Graham was a little bit mixed in his messages. You can't say he shouldn't be there or he should be there. He sh- Justin Pascoe should be there. I've got no problem with the front office being in that room trying to show unity, trying to show one team, trying to show no disconnect. But what Jimmy Graham says there that's correct, if you really care, get off your phone. Be in there. Be hurting with the team when you're down 26-0 at halftime. That shows that you care. That shows leadership. Not walking over on the side of the room saying, hey, babe, how do I look on camera? You know what I mean? Like He knows there's a camera in there and he knows he shouldn't be on the phone. Show you care. If you really care about the club and you want to be a leader, sit in there, sit on a chair, sit solemnly or stand at the back of the room and just show you care like like we cared. Like we were sitting at halftime thinking, how the hell are we going to get in back into this effing game? That's mm. what we were thinking. How, but that's just another poor look. And what it does show, Josh, the bloke's not a natural leader. He And he is an imposter. Like, uh, look... Someone said today, I thought it was quite a good phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I think that sums up James Super to me. Because I'm not a fan of his, but boy, did he touch exactly what I wanted to say. And if anyone hasn't read his article or his um, blog on Fox uh, Fox Sports, have a look at it. It's fantastic. 
Yeah, at half Quick time. question for you. Quick question for you, Rob. Yeah. Um, do you know, like you'd probably know this better than I do, which is not at all, but do you know how many clubs other than the Tigers um, have structures where members don't have the right to vote? I, I, I think most of them, Aaron, don't have the right to vote. I, I think the only ones that come to mind are Canterbury and Parramatta, which is, look, okay. in some way that's actually, you know, it, it can go bad when the fans keep chopping and changing with having different boards, which is what they'll say. But right now it just feels hopeless because we know there's nothing, unless there's a scandal within the club where Lee or Justin has to stand down, they're not standing down, guys. We're just stuck with these guys who aren't competent. They, they try. I'm not saying they don't try, but they're not competent to get things right, whether it's identifying talented coaches coming through the system or identifying players as to who to re-sign. What they've done now is they've actually realised a year ago, you know what, everyone's right, we have no clue, let's wash our hands of all those big decisions and give it to Sheens. And that's what they've done. So now they're trying to, they can hide behind Sheens and the coaching staff for five years and no one can blame them or they think no one can blame them. I'm certainly going to keep the heat on them and keep blaming them because this club is terminally ill, guys. I mean, yeah, we're fi our finances are great. you got people like me who have watched the game for over 50 years, and I'm not going to watch this week. I swear to you I'm not going to watch this week. Like, it's it's just it's just not fun. It's I, I love doing the podcast. And I love watching my footy. And when I watch a Tigers game, it hurts. And when I know I've got to do this, I'm fine now. But getting myself psyched up to do this pod is literally a chore for me now because I hate talking about the state this club is in right now. And they don't need to say the right things. They need to do the right things. I've had messages today with people high up in the club and he said, look, I'm sorry to hear that. I respect your opinion. We need to change how you think. And I'm thinking, no, fix it. If you fix it, how I think will change automatically. So just fix it. How they fix it, I'm being honest, I don't know how now. They are in so deep, I just don't know how we're going to get out of it, guys. And it goes it goes further than that, Josh. It goes to players, who, why would you want to come to our club now? We've got yeah. so much cap space. Why would you come to our club? What player manager that cares for the welfare of their player is going to send their player to our club? Look at Dane Laurie and look at Adam Dewey for two players right now that were on top of the world a month ago that just looked like a shadow of themselves. Like, Dane Laurie's not even in first grade. But Adam Adam just looks like a shadow of the player he was a month ago. And I'm not having a go at him. I'm one of his biggest fans. But I'm just showing you how if you come to our club, you can just go from, you know, the penthouse to the basement really quickly. So why would you come to the West Tigers unless you're getting your final contract for a lump sum of money as a retirement thing? Because right now we should be throwing the – keys at someone like Jonah Pezzett, why would Jonah Pezzett come to us? Seriously. Now, even if we offered him 800 grand a year, why would he come to us and potentially ruin his career knowing who our leaders are at the club and knowing who our coach is that he's passed it? So so we've got bigger problems than just getting a halfback. How do you get him to our club? I think Gary in our comments is the person that took the photo of Pasco. Famous. Famous photographer, Gary. Um, just talking, you mentioned watching the team. So watching the game on uh, Saturday night, my sister came with me. My sister's not into footy uh, at all. And she she also knows 
Shane as well. So my sister's best friend is best. My sister's best friend is Shane's uh, Shane's missus. So she knows Shane and I and how much we love the football. But she'd never been to to a game with me before. It was actually the first time. And I apologise to everyone sitting around me. Uh, Shouts to Evan, who I chatted to uh, at halftime. He was sitting not far behind me. And man, and my sister's just. I'm yelling and screaming nonstop to my voice is nearly, and I'm, and you know, you guys know me, I'm pretty calm, quiet person. And my sister growing up kind of saw that with me. She's like, why do you do this? Why do you put yourself through this stress? Like of, and I like, I didn't have an answer for her. I'm like, I don't know. I've done it for 30 years. I just can't, you can't just switch it off. You're emotionally invested. Like I, yeah, I bought you a ticket for Monday as well, Rob. That's all right. I'll try and find someone else to to come along. Um, Sorry, buddy. I'll, I'll pay you for it. Don't worry. I won't no, go no, that's all right. That's okay. It's okay. Like I, it is like a car crash. You got to keep watching it. I I can't bring myself, and I get, I get that stance. I, I still have to keep watching and watching and watching and watching until, literally, I keel over, and it does literally kill me. But yeah, but each each to their own. I and I I totally get it. I'm also walking distance to the stadium as well, so I can't I can't miss it. It's my favorite game of the year. I was there last year and it was worth it. Um, I went to Combank last year and it was one probably top five West Tigers regular season games I've seen. So I get it, I get it. But uh, onto the game itself, we've got a bit of Sheensy. I'll go back. Yeah, bit of Sheensy pressure. Uh, pressure. Cheesy presser from after the game. Uh, so here is Sheenzy uh, talking about uh, Bateman. He's getting better. Yeah, uh, played with an issue tonight too that most people wouldn't. Um, came back out the second half when he probably shouldn't have, but he's he's a tough kid. There's no doubt about that. So. He's added some steel to our forwards, so um, I'm looking forward to the season developing and him developing within our team, given that he's done no pre-season with us at all. So, you know, he's turned up, although it was cooler here than it was last week, but uh, Johnny at the moment still hasn't got his son. Nope, that's from last week's press conference. Scrap that. (laughs) (laughs) I just realised that's from the game last week. Uh, So Put the wrong audio up. Let's go in the game itself. 46-12, eight tries to the Broncos. Uh, I'll go to you first as what, um, where do do we start here? Obviously the first half, 28 to nil. Uh, It felt like deja vu for me. It's just, we looked like we had a bit of ball and just couldn't capitalize. And then as soon as the Broncos got a sniff, I felt like their referee a little bit, I don't know, I was at the ground. It's kind of hard to tell I was also in the corner in the opposite corner of where we were attacking in the first half it seemed like the referee was a little bit rough and given a few home ground calls and kind of gave Broncos a bit of momentum not blaming the ref for losing 46 to 12 but uh look we're, it was an uphill battle from the start as yeah well I'm I'm first of all I missed the first 25 minutes because I was still driving to Sydney um <clears throat> but to walk in and see us already down 16 nil at the time, I think it was, and things not looking very, very good at all. Um, and then 
seeing what I could see from the team, I heard that we made one really good breakdown. I think it was Junior Tupo's side about five, six, seven minutes in. Is that correct? Correct. Um, how, how did that play end? Did one of you guys want to fill me in? Yeah, so that's probably, I mean, it's terrible to say because we literally need everything to go our way, Aaron, but mm. it was really unfortunate because I think Junior Tupu was one of our best players. Uh, it was a backline movement. I haven't rewatched the game, but I'm pretty sure it was a backline movement. Uh, Adam does a face ball, uh, cuts out the centre, gets it to Tupu. Tupu flies, flies down the left wing. He's got Kapoa inside. Kapoa's got Adam Reynolds behind him. He's just got to pass it inside, and it's a try. And Junior Tupu kicks the ball ahead, and the ball takes a bit of a wicked bounce, and and obviously we don't get the ball. And I and I just felt that would have been such a – it wasn't just a, like a fluky try. It would have been a great try mm. if Junior had just taken the wrong, right option, passed inside, Kapoa scores, maybe we get the kick, and we're 6-0 up. And even if we ended up losing the game, I think it would have been a more respectable scoreline. But we're, we're at that point, uh, Aaron, where – Everything's got to go our way. But look, one good thing about, I mean, obviously we didn't get to hear the presser with Sheensy. One one good thing, Sheens didn't really blame the referees or anything. And I shouldn't be blaming the referees over a 46-12 loss. But geez, we copped it. We copped it like from the get-go. Penalties for holding down. Six again repeats. Mm. Uh, they, they scored a couple of tries where they ran, ran behind their own player, which didn't affect the play. But they ran behind their own player with a ball. That's just a penalty to us. They the forward it. pass call on yeah, that, forward, I was going to say that the forward pass call against us in the second half, and then the immediate set following, they go down the other end and score off a forward pass. Mm. Yeah, so it just felt to me, even if we'd have played well, Aaron, I just felt like even if we played well, that ref was not going to give us a chance. I think the penalties were five nil at one stage. I don't even know what the repeat sets were. I think the penalties might have ended up eight two or six two, but at one stage it was like five nil. I'm like, you know what, mate, give us a break, and then. He even penalised us for, you know, being offside from the kickoff. Like, admittedly, it was yeah. a, a significant distance. But, guys, that happens every game in every mm. kickoff almost. Yeah. It's just it just like they just want to get us. I don't know. It's just we're, we're going bad enough as it is. We don't need the refs to help another team. We're going to lose regardless. Like, you know, just give us a break, refs. Seriously. Yeah, again, then they attempt to get. Then they attempt to get do the old um, get square with the penalty count a little bit more towards the he end. Didn't of the game. really. I was expecting that. He didn't reach. really. He didn't really didn't really come. The what was the penalty count in the end? I think it was eight two or something like that, or six two. Yeah, but, eight two, eight two. Yeah, and then the other thing, I don't know if you guys, did you guys see the shot of the referee shaking hands with uh, Reese Walsh? I did see like, that. I was. It was like he. It was like he just met Rihanna. Like you should have seen, he was like all goggle eyes and just like in awe of you know, like he was in front of royalty or something. I'm just yeah, the ref, the ref didn't give us a go anyway, guys. But you know, I'm really nitpicking at a 46 to 12 scoreline, but he certainly didn't help. A few stats up on the screen now for those watching the video completion rate this week as 25 to 34 compared to the Bronco. I mean, Broncos 36 to 47. I. I honestly felt like the Broncos. I said it to the Broncos fans sitting in front of me. I don't reckon it was probably their least. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their least good, their worst. Like I want to say worst, <laughs> but like it doesn't sound right to say worst performance. But it probably wasn't their least good performance of the year. They then they just the Tigers just made it easy for them. 
Yeah, yeah. like I'll I'll say compare possession and completions. They had barely over half of possession, but in the end, they still managed to complete more sets than we even had with the ball to begin with, mm. and they still had a higher completion rate than we did. Yeah. It's just... Despite making as many errors as they did, their completion rate was still higher than ours. Like it was but it was far from our worst game um holding the ball wise. We did a lot better in that regard. We just didn't really get a lot of opportunities to do much of anything mm. with it. Yeah. yeah well, just over twenty percent of their completions ended up in tries. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what they completed. So exactly. it, yeah. It's it's not too hard. But like it's also what they do with the ball. I I think for the Broncos games like that don't help because they literally went side to side as soon as they could. They really tried to get us on the shift and the spread and, and they got us most times. They they bombed a lot of tries as well. So mm. I think that, you know, when you play games like that, you know, you just get in that little bit of a bad habit of throwing it around too much and just not going through the middle and going for you, through the forwards. But they were scoring at will. And um, But like I said, off the back of a lot of penalties and a lot of six agains, that, that was just my take on it. Run meters five hundred more to the Broncos, nineteen fifty three to fourteen forty six. So they'll they'll just eating eating out the meters. But when you got an extra thirteen sets, I guess the average that out, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's not good. It's just not enough ball. Just yeah, just not just it just sucks. Just watching the game and just knowing we, we don't we need every like you said earlier, Rob. We've got everything to go right for us. And every time we have the ball, it's frustrating. And I think the players kind of feel it. Every time we have the ball, we feel like we need to take advantage of that opportunity. And when we don't, like it's just, it's just heads go down and confidence is gone because, but as soon as the Broncos did, they pretty much made something out of nothing. Uh, errors. Yeah. Broncos 15. To eleven, so yeah, as as said, wasn't that untidy. The penalty count eight to two, absolutely disgusting. And again, I want to apologise to all the uh, the parents sitting around me. The the kids, I mean, they're Queenslanders. They probably swear anyway. Let's be honest, but uh, they put they might have learnt some new words. And uh, when a few of those referee decisions happened as well, uh, anything else that grabs you stats wise as? Um, oh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. I think it might have been the kick return meters. I mean, that's normally an indictment on how good the kicking game of the other team's kicker is. Like when you've got Adam Reynolds, you're going you're gonna to kick us into corners a lot. We're not going to get many chances to run the ball away. But I had a look at, at the stats on the NRL website. Um, we had two players who ran for a total... Uh, sorry. All of our players ran for a total of like 68 or 71 meters or something like that. Um, and the Broncos made that with two players. Um, their fullback, Reese Walsh, had 60 run meters. Um, their number two winger, Jesse Arthurs, I think it was, had eight or 10 or something like that. So not all that many. But then they still had three other players. And I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I was looking at it just before. Um, I'll pull it up now. It was... Um, Oh, one of the guys off the bench to uh, where are we? I'll be there in just a second. Um, Selwyn Cobbo, 46, Payne Haas, 42, and Corey Jensen, all 22. Um, so that's another 100-odd 
run meter or kick return meters compared to what we had as a as a team. Mm. Yeah, I guess they're so not kicking they got, as yeah, much. Like they got their sets off to a much better um, start because of the extra kick return meters. While we had Brooksy, what I think he made like seven or eight runs or something, maybe eight or nine meters per run. So not all that productive. Although I did like the fact that he was trying to run it more. It just wasn't working as effectively as it could. Uh, Rob, anything else before we move on to lower grades and the player ratings? No, there's really not much to say about that game other than that it's probably the first time that our defence has fallen away um, and we've really been blown out in the game, which is coincidental with our round five game last year against Cronulla when they, I think they won something like 36-0. Well, sorry, 36 to four or whatever, because I think Ken Mamalo took an intercept on full time. But yeah, mm. we've got blown out in both round round five games. That's right. I was at the Grand Prix. I was, I was at the Grand Prix and I have never seen that game and I probably never will. Yeah, don't. Um, yeah, the Grand Prix was good yesterday. I don't know if you good boys watched it. But uh, on to Mobile Corp, our partners. So Stephen, shout to Stephen from Mobile Corp. So they can assist with anything IT related. And in the early days, they were under a different business name. Uh, they were the major sponsor of Balmain, known as MLC Phones. And they say there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from cyber attack? Uh, Mobile Corp is a family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was even the jersey sponsor back in 2007. Mobile Corp is also passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats. For an affordable cyber security solution, go to mobilecorp.com.au and shouts to our friend Shane Walker, former Sydney Tiger himself. Right, our New South Wales Cup, they got a win on a rainy Lincoln Oval. I know if a lot of people were pretty mad that the West Tigers social people uh, person. They didn't post about it till this morning. There was no one even live. I swear they used to live tweet scores. It's, I mean, the New South Wales RL app, I was getting it. I was literally coming from the airport to Lickham Station to be picked, picked up. I was literally down the road from the game, um, getting off the plane from Brisbane. So I just didn't make it back in time to go watch it. But yeah, the the socials not posting anything about lower grades at all. I don't know. Like Rob, do you feel like the clubs? I know they can't do anything right, and anything they post in social media at the moment. Just I feel I do feel for them because it's anything they post at the moment will just get hammered with negative stuff. But um, yeah, this this win by the Maggies kind of went through unnoticed. How hard is it to just keep an update on the score? Hmm. You don't even have to make a comment. Just put the score up. 6-0, 6-all, 12-6, whatever the case may be. They don't have to get likes on it. They don't – I don't know. I just – anyway, I, like I said, I just think it filters from top to bottom within the club, guys. We don't get much right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good on the, the Magpies getting up over the Warriors. Uh, they Yeah, they ran in three tries the first 14 minutes, so – uh, they got off to a great start and held them off. So it'll be interesting to see if any any call-ups on team list Tuesday, tomorrow afternoon. So in the table, Maggie's are sitting in seventh uh, on four points. So they're two wins, two losses now. So uh, in, in the top eight. So 
Yeah, uh, they should be Raiders. three wins and two losses. Because they've uh, played five rounds as well as us. Okay, that draw, that ladder, I got it from New South Wales RL's website last night. They haven't updated have, it yet. They mustn't have updated it yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, blame them, not me. I mean, I could have re-looked at it today, <laughs> but it should have been updated. This was midnight last night that I was working on this. So, uh, serves, in the juniors. Serves you right for being prepared, Josh. Yeah, prepared too early. <laughs> uh, Harold, Harold Matts had a bye, but the SG Ball team got a big win, 42-10, over the Warriors in Pukekohe. And in the Balmain Juniors, uh, Harold Matts lost 26-16 to against the Raiders at Leichhardt, and then SG Ball lost 28-0. So the Balmain team's getting a little bit of a touch-up from... Uh, don't like seeing Balmain losing to the Raiders, Rob. Bit of, bit of trauma. Saying that, no, those sort of ones, but uh, no Chica Ferguson in those games. Uh, so in the Harold Matt's table, we have what I don't even know if these are updated. Then the Balmain are in eighth, and Magpies are tenth. Uh, I think their season, I think, hits the semi finals next week. Does that mean Balmain? Made the finals. I should have looked that up. I did hear today. I think it's the end. I think it is semi-finals for them. Uh, yeah, next I, th- week. I think the comps are over for the junior yeah. grades now. They have they all have a bye this week or something, and then yeah. they get into the finals next week. So Maggie's in uh, SG Ball uh, fifth, and Tigers uh, are down in thirteen. So it looks like we might have one of each in Harold Mats and SG Ball. Oh, Craig's saying it's the top six. So Magpies make it. Okay, so Magpies. Uh, you know, yeah, SG Ball. I'm going to fly the flag for us. So, so that means... To them. Sorry, Josh, could you bring that ladder back up? Yeah, yep. Yeah. So this is SG Ball. So that means Eels versus the Magpies. And if we win that, we'd play the Panthers for a spot in the grand final in the six-team format. Okay. I'll take you the stats. That's why you're the stats, man. Thanks. <laughs> uh, the girls, they both had buys on the weekend. Right out of time for player grades. We'll go player by player. Let us know in the comments if you're watching live. So we asked uh, all our beloved fans out there to fill in their forms and rate the players 1 to 10. So keep an eye out on our socials after the game finishes to, uh, yeah, submit yours and i've got up a few of the best comments from those forms as well so we'll go player by player boys give me your rating for uh adam dewey i sigh because yeah might be the worst game of his career but what are your ratings for adam uh as two the guys i i didn't tell you this but i kind of come into tonight not even wanting to give anyone a rating because I just think, you know, the welfare of the players is just sort of more important than yeah. me, me, me saying someone played crap or someone played good. So I'm just going to be giving everyone a five. So you might want to just go to Aaron for... I think a lot of people did because if, if you look at the forwards, they're literally yeah. all with they're all around that sort of mark. Yeah, but, but, it, but the guys that had better games, and you know, for example, Junior Tupu... You know, uh, Bateman without that error that led to the Cobo try and, you know, Sean Bloor, I think, played reasonably well. I, I just don't want to really single out the bad players. So I, I'm just going to be giving fives to everyone. Okay. As I'll get you to play along then. Charlie Staines. 
Uh, I'd give Charlie a five. He got 4.5. Kepa Oa? A four. He got 5.4, so a little bit high. Yeah, I thought Kepo uh, looked okay. Stafford Toa? Um, Stafford, I'll give him a 4. 3.8, so he's pretty close there. Look, I thought Stafford tried pretty hard. He made a pretty good try-saving tackle mm-hmm. uh, on... Who's the op- I'm trying to think who it was. He made a pretty good tackle right in front of me at the game. Um Junior Tupo as seven. Only five point seven. Yeah, I think that's a little bit harsh on Tupo. I thought he as Rob said earlier, he made um one bad decision, but I thought he was running the ball back as hard as anyone. Feel free if you any comments for any players positive or whatever, Rob, feel free to uh oh, that, that, that was our best back. Like Junior mm. Tupo was our best yeah. back. And honestly, He's a shining light this year. I've said it before, so I've got to be fair. I haven't been a Kapoa fan, but again, he had a pretty solid game. Mm. Uh, as five. Uh, 4.4. Yeah, Wakem. Yeah. He kind of unnoticed, didn't really, we don't really expect him to do much more than a than just be a five, I guess. But poor old Luke Brooks as? Like I said, I like that he's run trying to run a bit more. Um, he just didn't pick the right moments to run. We didn't. Mm. He barely made any, like, um, he didn't really attack the line as much as his running game normally can, but I'll give him a three. Rob, I'll ask you this on Brooksy. To me, he just looks disinterested and not into it. Do you, do you think Brooksy's trying hard? Do you think his heart's fully in it? I thought it was Saturday night. I mean, it's it's very clear what I said last week about not wanting Brooks in the team, and I said that three weeks ago. Um, Aaron's made a really good point there. It's, it's just not about running. It's about, you know, you run when there's a hole there. You, your job as a halfback is to put other players that are in better positions than you to run. He kind of almost played like a lock. He, I've, I've never seen a halfback do so many hit-ups in terms mm. of running run-pass ratio, and I can honestly say it's not his fault we lost. I mean, we, he, he's, he didn't yeah. play like halfback, but he's not the reason we lost. But I just thought, what was his role? Was his role literally when you catch the ball, run, get us on the front foot? Because I didn't see him doing any organising or trying to create anything. I just think they really simplified it a bit. So, yeah, I, I'm just – we'll talk about it Wednesday, obviously, but I'm just really intrigued as to what they're going to do Wednesday night because – I think even if they, not that they're going to do it, but even if they went with Wakeham and, and Dewey in the halves, the horses bolted three weeks later. You, you, you put you put Wakeham in at halfback when you've won a trial and you've won two games in a row in New South Wales Cup and you've got confidence oozing out of you. You don't, you don't make him halfback after three losses. And by all reports, he'll probably get dropped. He might not even be in the team tomorrow night. So again, I just think our players are getting mismanaged and... You know, so they, they, I just don't know what the answers are. I don't know what they're going mm. to do. I just don't know what they're going to do tomorrow night. But I can be pretty sure of one thing, and it's terrible of me to say, whatever they do tomorrow night will probably be wrong because that's what <laughs> they've done all year. Maybe. Uh, yeah. a wrong, cl- a wrong clock is right twice a day, as they say. <laughs> uh, On to the forwards. I thought our forwards, they've all got pass marks here. So, yeah, you can't really fault that much of the forwards. 
uh, David Clemmer as? Six. Yeah, 5.7 for Clem. He ran it pretty hard. Appy Corosau, who I feel absolutely sorry for. He, I thought, again, he just doesn't have people uh, going with him. But as? Uh, five. It's a 5.7 for Appy. Uh, Twally? Six. 5.4 for Twally. Again, yeah, tried hard. Just I feel like Twally is just like around that five mark every week. He just does his job without kind of standing out. Uh, yeah. Isaiah Papali'i. Six. Five, so 5.6. Uh, yeah, again, just we're not utilizing him to the, the player that he is. As well, Johnny Bateman. I'd be curious to see how um, Johnny Bateman goes at lock, um, given his style of play, Mm. the try he set up against the Storm, um, and the style of game he had on the weekend. I'd I'd consider trialling him at lock and seeing how he goes there for a week or two, because at this point, our season's a lost cause. Why not try and shake things up and try some new things? But I'd give him a seven based on this week. In saying that, though, Fenua Pohl, I thought he's been pretty good. Though. Yeah, I, I thought um, mm. Fanua was pretty good too. I'd give him probably about a six, um, but I feel like I I feel like he is more of a a prop forward or potentially a bench prop forward as opposed to a lock. Um, I'd love to be proven wrong, but yeah, see, potentially try and shake things up and see how John Bateman goes there. Yeah, five point seven uh, Fanua. So the bench, uh, Stefano coming off the bench. Did you like Stefano coming off the bench, Rob? Uh, in theory, I did. Yeah, I mean, there's there's pros and cons. You do want you to start with your best players, but we all know Alex Twole isn't an impact player. So if you're trying to get through that grind early, you know, you you, you want to have, you know, mm. Twole take the heat out of the game and and bring Stefano on. So I didn't mind it from that point of view. Um, and I've got to agree with Aaron about John Bateman. I I think we, because we've got no creativity in the halves, we need a ball playing lock. Yeah. And even though he's a little bit unorthodox, John Bateman tends to run sideways and and just gets gets the defensive line of the opposition just out of sorts a little bit, which throws them off. I mean, like I said, unfortunately, he threw a bad pass, an attempted pass to, to Papa, Papa. Yeah, yeah, that went to Cobo for a try. But I mean, it, it's not for want of trying or anything like that. I mean, you know, he, his attempt on Painhouse wasn't great either. Although Adams wasn't much better after after Bateman missed, but yeah, so, but other than that, I mean, I think Bateman was our best player, but I think give, give him a go at lock, like, like, um, as said, I mean, we can put Sean Bloor on one side, we've got Papa League on the other side, mm. but we've got to find a way to try and spark this attack, Josh, because other than the chance that we mentioned with Tupu not passing to Kapoa, our tries came from a bomb and a half a metre dummy half run. Like mm. we literally, we 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 don't look like scoring a try in the regular way, and and John Bateman seems to be the one that can provide a bit of a spark. Uh, speaking of spark, Jake Simpkin, I thought a little bit of a spark. The game was over when he came on, but uh, six point three for him. What did you give him as? Um, I gave Jake a seven. I thought he was pretty good. Um, mm. We all know he likes to scoot from dummy half, and that that was a pretty good try where he like a great dummy and fooled them. Just a shame it didn't really spark the team into better things because from the ensuing set, we end up making an error. Yeah. Uh, Madam, Justin Matamua? Yeah, I, I'm trying with Justin to not be too hypercritical because of the fact that, like I've said on the show before, 
I don't think he's ready yet, but I thought he was decent on the weekend, so I'd give him a six. Yeah, 5.7. And then my guy, Sean Bloor, he got the highest rating of the whole team. A man that wasn't even picked in the first 17 <laughs> originally only gets in the team because Brent Naden is out and Kepa Oa gets shuffled into the centers. He comes out. He, I counted. He got put on his back once, I believe, the whole game because I obviously keep an eye, a close eye on him more than most other players. He was either he'd either offload the ball, or he just was left on his feet and play the ball on his feet. Like he's mm-hmm. he's just un- unbelievable. Like in terms of creating his offloads are just so good, and they're they're not like offloads that pop out. He's literally got his whole arm free, like almost making a pass to to the person behind him. So yeah, I thought Sean. I'm biased, obviously, but I thought Sean had a great game. Yeah, he, he was definite man of the match for me too. I'd give him an eight. Anything about our guy, Rob? Uh, I, I agree with both of what you said. I mean, oh. I think he's pressing for a starting spot. Um, again, like, I, I, I mean, I, I sound like a bit of a hypocrite because I'm worried about the welfare of the players and I couldn't give two hoots about the welfare of the coach or the, or the administration. But, I mean, we saw how Sean played against Melbourne, which was quite good. We, we saw Alex Safar's last 25 minutes, which was really good. And for some reason, they didn't make the 17. I mean, Sean was a late inclusion. So, again, I have to question what the coach is thinking and what he's watching. And I just want to ask you guys to both put your 10 cents worth on this. I'm not, I don't even want to go into it because I hate the bloke. Uh, what did you think of Sheen saying that we might have trouble beating the bye? Uh, yeah, not, not a good look to kind of. Yeah, I and it's just added to the basket of embarrassing things the club has done the past few years. Yeah, that that's something for the fans to joke about, not the coach of the club. Um, because if he's saying that we might struggle to or joking about struggling to beat the bye, how does he honestly feel about our chances against Parramatta on Monday? To me, mm. that sounds like he's given up on Monday and he's not even thinking about that, he's looking to after the bye. Well, it's even even, even said as a joke, even said as a joke, how do the players look at him and and look yeah. at him one hundred percent respect? Seriously, like it's okay for like you said, one of the fans or one of us to jokingly say it in frustration. He's meant to be the leader of of the football organization, and and he's just thrown them under the bus, so to speak. We keep using the bus as an analogy, but that was just awful, absolutely yeah. awful. And honestly, that was just a Joe Biden moment. Uh, Shane's got 2.1 in the ratings, by the way. Righto. So a few of the oh, best just comments. Before you, just before yeah, you as... move on, Josh, honorary um, votes to um, Joffa in New South Wales Cup. Obviously, I couldn't watch the game or anything like that. But based on his stats, 10 out of 10 should be back in the team this week. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's crazy that he was one of our best players last year. And he's not getting picked. But he's, he's also shown, like he was our club champion last year. He won the award. Mm. He's been dropped after, what was it, three games, and he's missed the last two. But he's shown how professional a player can be yeah. by going down to reserve grade, going about his business, performing his ass off, and trying to get back into the team. A lot of yeah. players at our club could learn from that. Here, here. Yeah, as. Uh, best comments left in to put in this poll. So Billy 
Smith, can Tim Sheens give the halftime speech before the game and perhaps we'll get a different result in the first half? So a bit of a bit of a joke there for Billy. I quite liked like that one. Uh, from Dominic Riordan, uh, positives tonight. Stefano looks on the improved Bloor, uh really dug in and looked very dangerous. And Sim- Simpkin was good off the bench. Staines tried hard. The coach seems out of ideas. The players uh, like, are like strangers. Five games into the season, the players don't seem to buy in on the plan. If there is a plan, there is no resilience. So good one. There, uh, Nino Di Girolamo. Uh, I hope I pronounced your name right there, but it sounds Italian, so usually pretty good at the Italian names. Uh, genuinely thought the four bench players were some of our best tonight. Steph and Matamua both damaging with their runs and ball playing, while Bloor may have been one one of, if not our best player on the field for us. So obviously I'm going to bring that up. You give my guy Sean Bloor a compliment. There were a lot of Sean Bloor compliments uh, among the comments, to be fair. Uh, ben... Punished for every single little mistake, the Broncos half showed us exactly showed ours exactly how to do it, and that golf inequality was one of the main reasons we got pumped. Yeah, the Broncos were just clinical, uh, absolutely, and yeah, that's why they're undefeated. Right, at Patreon time, time to open up the Discord to see what the guys have got for us this week. Uh, the Discord's been firing up. Someone's talking about fishing at the moment. They kind of put me off before. There's all sorts of, co- of discussions going on in the Patreon 24-7. Now, uh, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you'd like to support us, what have they got for us here? Uh, Riff Rap, what's the way out from here? Thoughts on this? No more huge plays for superstar halves. Invest in who have we have coming and buy the best young half out there like the Dolphins did with uh, Katol, then pair him with a steady hand like Caesar. Uh, this, this took the great Raiders to a grand final. They had Hodgson directing a lot of play. We have Appy, uh, he's off contract and 31 caveat. I've watched no Super League this season and not sure how he's going. Leeds mid table, if not him, someone in that mold. So basically, talking about do we throw a young halfback? Uh, we'll talk about that part of the question pulling a young halfback and throwing him. We're looking for our next Luke Brooks, essentially. Thoughts on that, uh, Rob? I think we go for a young halfback. I'm, I don't really want to get... I mean, George Williams is a great player, but don't want to get him in 2025 when he's off contract and in his 30s or whatever. So, um, you know, again, it's me It's me having a go at, at the staff, but if Sheens is a development coach, then why can't we get a half train him up, show him what, how we want to play and turn him into a player? Or do, or, or are we just going to have coaches that need to buy a Mitch Moses or an Adam Reynolds or a Jerome Hughes, you know, or a Daily Cherry Evans? Like, otherwise, if we're just going to buy superstars, I can go coach the team. You're meant to be teaching these players how to be better, developing them, and you're also meant to select the right team. That's part of the criteria of being a coach. But, you know, but if we're just going to be buying the best player on the market, and they're saying, oh, suddenly he can coach. It doesn't work like that. It, it shouldn't work like that. For example, if Nico Hines was in our team and we're sitting three and five, three, three out of five, we'd be saying, oh, Sheens can still coach. But, I mean, you've just bought the player and the player's doing all that work. So I think we've got to bite the bullet, guys, and, and really develop our players. And I think mm. the one club we need to look to and how they do it is Penrith. I know, I know they've got Nathan Cleary, but 
the reality is Luai could play halfback. And you look at all the other players they've got and all the other players that they're losing, whether it be to us or to Canterbury or, or other clubs, they just seem to have a pool of not just great talent, they're ready to go in first grade once they get there. So Penrith lost a couple of players last year and Targo and Taylor May came in the left centre and left wing and it looked like they'd been playing for years. We need to have a system below us where we've got that sort of development happening. So someone goes down, bang, we put someone in first grade, they know exactly what we're doing. Right now, it's it's just not showing. And, and other clubs have got players that have had 10 games, 15 games, 20 games. I mean, you look at Newcastle, like we, we talk about Jackson Hastings, uh, their fullback, Lockie Miller, only had a handful of games for Cronulla, and he's had five games for Newcastle, and he looks like a pretty decent player. Tyson Gamble hardly got a look in in Brisbane, and he's been shunted into 5'8", and they've still won a couple of games. We're almost at full strength without Salau and without Naden, and we're struggling. And three of the five teams we've played have been under strength. So I just think we've got to, we've got to look inside our own house and, and get it right. And, yeah, it'd be lovely to buy a halfback from somewhere else, but why can't we get someone from within? How hard is it to teach them to straighten up an attack or, or to, you know, kick properly or to set up your support? We've got one of the greatest ever in Benji Marshall there. What, what are we doing? Uh Tim Colgate, he's he's gone on a nice little rant here, complimenting uh, basically us, which is really nice, Tim. We really, really appreciate it. I won't read all of it out uh, on the air, but we appreciate you. You said, uh, win, lose, or draw, I'll always be a West Tigers fan and go to the Tigers, and he loves being a part of our Westlife community. Uh, so love you back, Timmy. Uh, ben... Ben Ellis, he's mentioning Will Smith. So he said he played pretty well in New South Wales Cup. Do we bring him up to a top 30 spot as? Um, are we able to? Or is he on one of the train and trials? Or one of well, those ones you, that can't? We have a free spot, don't we? So we can yeah, just we, up, upgrade, we can just upgrade him. Oh, so the train and trials can be upgraded in any yeah, time? You can, yeah, you can just sign him, yeah. At this stage, what have we got to lose if we do? Like, mm. like I said before, the season's a lost cause. Bring him up, give him a shot, see what he's see what he's able to do. Yeah, well, maybe Will Smith is a slap in the face. This team needs Rob. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice one. Oh, look, maybe I don't know. I mean, whether you bring him in now, but but you know, bring players in that are are, are playing confidently and ready to go. Don't you know? Don't give him the keys. After three losses, what Wakeham should have been handed the keys after our round two loss. He should have been the starting halfback in round three, and I think we would have seen a different Brandon Wakeham, not the Brandon Wakeham that doesn't know if he should be taking control or not. Because I didn't, other than putting a bomb up for a try, I really didn't see Brandon Wakeham try and do too much the other night. Uh, last one is uh, Gussie. He said, Josh, is it intimidating being at the forefront of sports journalism? Uh, thanks, Gussie. Yeah, the uh, the the hex debt for my journalism diploma is finally finally paying off. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Uh, lastly, our Benji Marshall tier Patreon. So Shane uh, Cowett here gets his little rant every uh, every episode. He said, "I read Rothfield's interview with Pasco today. Well, have patience, people. We are only a couple of weeks into a five year plan. This clown isn't going anywhere, and has started as such. His arrogance is as large as his forehead." 
uh, that's not a bad way to finish, Shane. So it's uh, look, we've had some anti Pasco uh, episodes in the past, but this one, look, we're not. We were kind of on a our own little soapbox talking about that before, but man, the whole the whole media is kind of caught up. So I don't know about you, Rob, but it's kind of like it feels good that it's kind of making us look, I wouldn't say right because it's all opinion, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people had a go at us for saying those sort of things. But now that man, everyone is on now on our side now. Well, like I've said to you before, Josh, we're not right about all things, but one thing I was confident about two years ago was that Pasco had to go. And just while we're on that, there's a few other podcasts that, you know, Brown knows, you know, the West Tigers organisation. Suddenly they're apparently on the same bandwagon, uh, all, you know, on, on hammering Pasco. So, look, we normally end the show with Go the West Tigers. I'm going to be ending every show stand down Pasco from now on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not budging. I can't yeah. even say Go the Tigers, guys, because like, I, I don't I don't believe in – I don't believe we can get a win right now. I, I literally have no belief in the club. And it's against everything I stand for as a as a tiger. Okay, just as simple as that. I, it's just it really, it really hurts. It really hurts, guys, because I, I, I love my footy, and I'll watch all the other games, and I and I want to, you know, when we score a try, I just I just want to get that feeling of euphoria, like we can do it. But right now, it's just like we we need halves. We need a halfback. We don't have the answers, and and you know we're gonna we're gonna put the same wrong answer in every week, every week, every week, and just say that's how it is. Tough luck, and that just shows me, you know, we're devoid of good ideas, you know, from our coach. It is the coach's fault, but who hired the coach? So you know, the coach and the board are all to blame. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they uh, the the other guys you mentioned will they will they be banned from speaking to players now as well now that they've they've had a crack at uh at the management so well i I don't i haven't listened to another podcast for probably nine months but um that's what someone said in our discord chat tonight that finally uh other people you know are, are coming around to the fact that pasco isn't the answer but i just think the only way we get rid of rid of him is you know this public pressure because Without that, I mean, we're just going to make it intolerable for them to want to want to be there and want to stay. You know, I, I want players to want to come to our club. I want them to say, wow, we've got a really good chairman. You know, this is going to be someone that helps me after my footy career. And this is a really well-respected CEO. We don't have that. So why would you want to come to our club and ruin your career? So I, I don't care if we've got $2 million to spare in our cap. We're going to have massive problems attractive play, attracting players. And and that that bothers me. I don't care if we don't win another game this year. I'm worried, like, what are we going to do next year? And who are we going to get? And then in a few years from now, all these older players are going to retire. And then we've got to, we've got to do it all again. It, it just doesn't seem like success is around the corner. And from where we were as a supporter base, Josh, about five weeks ago to where we are now, it's just it's mm. so deflating. It's really, really deflating. It is. Uh, as anything, before we say goodnight to Big Dog, 
let's have something slightly more positive as well to end the night. I just wanted to give my little brother, Matthew, a shout out for his birthday yesterday. Um, oh, happy birthday. He was an absolute trooper spending his day helping unload a truck in the pouring rain. And yeah, I'm very, very Good grateful to him for helping me out. So another Aries like yesterday. me. <laughs> but, uh, apparently we're hyper competitive Aries. Not that I believe in that bullshit, but like that, that checks out. So um, she asked him, my fairly fair fellow Aryan. I think we're called Aryans. Okay. So time of the show, we start rambling on so that means it's time to head off to bed thank you to literally the hundreds of people that join us live tonight and to literally the thousands of you that tune in every week uh on all the uh formats audio and video we truly appreciate you coming back to us and we're truly surprised every week that you do keep coming back because as rob said it's very very hard to watch the team at the moment and the fact that you guys come back to us and we're trying our best not to say the same things over and over again because the team keep putting up the same shit over and over again. But uh, we'll be back Wednesday. We'll preview. There is a game on Easter Monday and we'll preview that uh, that game on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. So Teamless Tuesday tomorrow and we'll talk about all that. See if we can... Yeah, we're... We also hopefully got a Parramatta Eels guest, uh, another person to help tell us why why we're not going to win. But um, yeah, t- tune in Wednesday night, eight uh, thirty PM. Boys, come on, Rob, you're you're a tiger at heart. You're a tiger at heart. This is how we finish the yeah. show. Everyone in the I'm comments. I'm the biggest silk, don't you worry. I'm the biggest silk. <laughs> Stand down, Pasco. <laughs> Get out of here, boys. As always, no matter who the CEO is, we we love that emblem. Go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash westlifepod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.